So they they excommunicate him from the from the synagogue there, and send him on his way. And Jesus finds him and and says, "Do you believe?" And and the man says, "Who is he?" And he says, "Not me." And Jesus and he says, "Yes, I believe." It's great. So you have this contrast between the blind man who has faith in Christ and the, and these guys who can see who are really blinded by their unbelief. Uh, it's a beautiful text. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Welcome to Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline here with uh, everyone's favorite dethroned Radio the, uh, iron uh, preacher. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you bring that up. Have you Bad noticed? Memories. Have you noticed how we haven't played Iron Preacher for a while? I mean, you used to be like, "Hey, when are we gonna play Iron Preacher again? When's Iron Preacher next?" Now it's like we've like forgotten about that show. Did you, did you remember rubbing, that game that we used to play called Iron rubbing, Preacher? Yeah, yeah, rubbing salt in the wound here. You know, I get to see uh, Reverend Wilkin at the end of next week here, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of that. That I have to walk ten steps behind him as the disgraced <laughs> Iron Preacher and all this. I'm so, I'm just surprised he lets you in his presence. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, we have a mediocre show in store for you today on Table Talk. <laughs> All right, Radio. better than normal. <laughs> uh, we're playing Table Talk Jeopardy is the first. Oh wait, we have a special theme for this show, right? Uh, yeah, miracles of the Bible. That's our theme. Miracles can't happen because we don't see them for ourselves. So uh, it must be, you know, allegorical or something. Right, they contradict our reason, they contradict our natural <laughs> understanding, but we're going to have them today, so. Well, that's what it is. Uh, right after Table Talk Jeopardy, we're playing everybody's favorite church history game um, on a Lutheran theological game show, Which Century, and also follow that up by Bible Bee. So, not, right. a, not a bad lineup for Table Talk Radio, I mean, but... It doesn't get much worse either. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's, it's always the kind of the same, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a little game here, a little game there, then a little talking about the Bible. So gather around the kids and we'll get started here. The category I have for you is um, the miracles of the apostles. Oh, nice. And the category for you is miracles in the Old Testament. Very good. Hey, that's that worked out very well. I was wondering if we were going to duplicate somewhere. Well, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Okay, I'll go first. I'll take Miracles of the Apostles for 100, please, Evan. Okay, this is the event in which many um, from several different nations were gathered together and all understood the apostles speak in their own tongue. Aha. Uh-huh. What, uh, what is the Feast of Pentecost? That is correct. All right. Now, You're keeping uh, score? Yeah, uh, for, yeah. Um, now this is kind of the same thing as like if you go to a Pentecostalist church and they were speaking in tongues and they were, you know, right? Is that? This is a marvelous question because, you know, the speaking in tongues business, uh, apparently it's simmering down, but, uh, it's, it's still a big deal around, uh, and they say that the fastest growing churches around the world are the charismatic churches, which make speaking in tongues the sign that the Holy Spirit has descended. 
But we see that the speaking in tongues that people are talking about these days, the modern phenomenon, is really the very opposite of what happened in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit descended on the apostles there, and they and they spoke to everyone in in their own language. So that the what the apostles were doing was talking in human words to human people so that they could understand the message of the gospel. Now, God had to give this miracle to them because there's all these people gathered from all over the world for the Feast of Pentecost uh, there in Jerusalem, and the apostles just know Galilean or whatever they you know I mean they're all from they're fishermen and stuff from from northern Israel they don't know uh, uh Egyptian or, or Babylonian or or any of these other languages uh so the, so the holy spirit has to give them the gift of all of these different tongues so that the gospel can can really begin to go to all nations and and we see that then consistently through the scriptures whenever we hear the language of the the, the talk of tongues we ought to understand simply a human language that isn't known by the speaker. And this kind of takes a lot of the the babbling kind of mystical experience uh, stuff that the charismatic church calls tongues. Uh, we ought to realize that that's just paganism, uh, Baalism, uh, and, and, not, uh, and not the biblical gift of tongues. You know, I did a paper on this in college, and uh, I found just at a, at a more... Uh, non-scriptural level found a, a few interesting things uh, first that you know th- they had these these you know professional linguists who who have studied all kinds of different languages um they would they would kind of analyze the the noises that some of these charismatics uh were were using and they found that um a lot of the noises that they were making were based off of uh, noises and sounds and vowel sounds and consonant sounds of their own native language um it wasn't r- i mean you might say, yeah, nobody understands it, but you know, you, you make up noises based on a certain language, and linguists found uh, that they usually it from their native language. The other interesting thing was is that they would record uh, someone speaking in tongues and then take the tape to someone who had the you know gift of interpretation, like five different people, and see you know what the interpretation they they got five different interpretations. Um, yeah. And the funny thing, yeah, well, the same the funny thing would thing happen is, if people were talking about what we talked about on Table Talk Radio. Five. Different oh yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> but the the the, uh, the funny thing is, uh, I was telling one of my friends about that, and like, well, you can't do a scientific test of the Bible, but you know, or, you know, things like that. And so, uh, but then I, I told them that another study that was interesting is is they were scanning people's brains activity, why they were doing uh, the speaking in tongues, and uh, their they're, the parts of the brain that are n- normally active during regular speech were not active during the, while they're speaking in tongues. So they're like, "Oh, we'll see that." <laughs> so I was like, "Wait a minute, we're not willing to accept a, you know some sort of a scientific study when it works against our our you know belief, but when it supports it, we're all for it." Yeah, it's a bunch of goofy anyway, nonsense. That's neither I, here. You know, it's really kind of a uh, a hassle though, too, because the the charismatic church makes this the mark of the Holy Spirit coming, um, and it's just. I mean, it does. The, the The gift of tongues does play an important role in the book of Acts uh, as an indication that the Lord's word and spirit are going out together uh, in, with the apostles. So it's always when the apostles lay hands on someone, uh, then, they're, then they speak in tongues. Um, and, and, and so it's, it highlights the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent with his apostles. That's, that's the role that this is playing so that the people can trust the apostles uh, and the things that they're preaching. 
So we have all these miracles in the book of Acts, which I think we'll probably see unfolding as our category grows here. But but all of them are confirming the Lord's word and his sending of the apostles, which he does in John 17. Um, you know, he gives them his Holy Spirit and sends them out as the Father sent me, Jesus says, so I send you. That might be John 16 or something. And, and so we see the apostles being sent out with the Holy Spirit and the Lord's word so that his kingdom will come on the earth. Okay, so there, before we go on, there's a little bit of a conversation that goes on about uh, whether you know some of these uh, spiritual gifts, so to speak, uh, end at the, at the apostolic era. Uh, would you would would, would you yeah. say that? Uh, this is a kind of a tricky question. In in the normalized way that we see them in Acts, I think they do end. Now, uh, does the Lord still give give the gifts of tongues, and does He still work miracles today? Well, sure, but oftentimes they come not in a miraculous way, but uh, simply in a more disciplined way. So you're up there trying to learn Hebrew, and this is certainly, you would pray then that the Lord would give you the gift of tongues and that he would support you in your study of this so that the Lord's word would go forth in, in fullness. But as a confer- see, see, miracles serve in the scriptures as confirmations of direct calls. So that when the Lord calls someone directly, in other words, the apostles are called directly, Jesus says, come follow me. The prophets are called directly when the, Jesus stands in front of them. The word of the Lord comes to them and says, go and say this to the king or to the people. And then the Lord gives miracles to confirm it. Because this is important. See, if you come to me and say, hey, I have a word from the Lord uh, and you're just, I'm just supposed to trust you, uh, I want to say something like this, prove it. In fact, did I tell you the story about when, when uh, Carrie and the kids and I were in the McDonald's in Reno, Nevada, and the guy came up to me and was an apost- and told me he was an apostle? Did I ever tell you that story? No, you didn't. I'm, I'm interested. Is, so we're sitting there at the, at the parking lot, at the uh, playground of McDonald's so the kids can run around and play, and I think we have some ice cream or something. We're on this long road trip to Oregon, and this guy comes up to me and says, and, and says are you a Christian? And yeah, I said, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And uh, and he says, oh, because I'm an apostle. And I said, what are you talking about? And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm an <laughs> apostle uh, from Jesus. And I also own a gun shop. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. So I said, oh, well, uh, if you wouldn't mind proving your apostolicity by performing a miracle, because that's how the Lord gave it in the uh, book of Acts. And then he said, oh, you must be an unbeliever. <laughs> uh, he was stood as unwilling to prove it. So he wanted to give me a direct word from the Lord, which his direct word from the Lord for me was, I should believe that there's modern-day apostles. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How convenient. You know, but, but, he, uh, but he wouldn't confirm it with a working of a miracle, which now shows that he's not an apostle, because the apostles and prophets could do that for the comfort of the Lord's people. But now we don't have prophets and apostles. What we have is the prophetic and apostolic word uh, which comes to us and which is confirmed by their own miracles, but which needs no modern confirmation because we have the scriptures. So the idea that regular uh, performing of miracles ended with the canonization of the scripture, I'm, I'm all for that because that's the, the very purpose that the Lord gave miracles for, to confirm the scriptures. Well, and I am beat already. I'm tired, so we're going to take a break. And we've gotten through one question of Table Talk Jeopardy. And there's more to come after this break. Don't go away. Be right back. Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, as told by Scripture alone. 
Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. Did you know you can advertise on Table Talk Radio? Get the word out about your event or conference, or inform them about your product or service. Sponsors of Table Talk Radio are played on all of our affiliates and are permanently placed on our podcast at tabletalkradio.org. For more information, leave a message at 866-851-5523 or email me, evan, at tabletalkradio.org. That's 866-851-5523 or evan at tabletalkradio.org. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're slowly making our way through Table Talk Jeopardy. And the count That's of right. you know these games are just an excuse, really. That's right. Um, I kind of like it when we actually forget what game we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> you like it when you uh, forget that you're on the radio. <laughs> like a what moment away from Table Talk Radio. How nice. <laughs> It's getting in my way. Oh, it's the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> now, in your in your lust for points, you uh, you convinced me to to give you all the questions for this break. So, or, uh, that's this right. Break, so. All right, that's right. So we're going to stay with the same theme, which is miracles of the apostles for uh, two hundred. Now, all right, you are with one hundred, looking for two hundred, and the answer is the response of Philip after the Ethiopian eunuch. Ask what prevents him from being baptized. Uh, what is? There's some water. <laughs> is that right? What does he say? <laughs> What's to prevent me from being baptized? And and Philip just baptizes him. I can't remember what he says. Uh, here's some water. You, you probably don't we know this because do it, right it doesn't now. appear in the earliest manuscripts. Oh well, good. What is it? What is it? so? What's the answer to this? Is that close? Um, what right. is, here's my answer or my question? What is here's some water? Uh, no, because it, it's the eunuch that says, "Look, water. What prevents me from being baptized?" And then oh. Philip says, "If you believe with your with all your heart, you may." And he answered and he said, "I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." Oh, nice. And then he baptized him. Oh, well, that's good. But that's not an earliest manuscripts, huh? Yeah, it's not. And Stay so, away from those this, early manuscripts. This is how it goes. Uh, we've talked about this just a couple of shows ago in our baptism edition. But the argument goes, um, well... it's a classic. Oh, it was a classic. If you guys missed that uh, baptism edition of Table Talk Radio, you're going to want to go back and over and over again listen to that sucker. You just like that one because you were pretending to be a jazz music DJ the whole show. Oh, that- <laughs> That's right, Evan. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so the argument goes, um, you know, because this this wasn't the earliest manuscripts. It shows kind of the theology of of the early church when they when they put it in, and so um, from that we we see that uh, some sort of a uh, true confession because it says you know uh, if you if you believe with all your heart, so some sort of a true confession is necessary uh, before you are baptized. Yeah, I you know this whole manuscript thing. I I don't go with the crowd on this nonsense. Well, I shouldn't call it nonsense with this stuff, um, because you, you know I've got a Bible from uh, I I was 
I got it at the end of high school, and I took it with me when I was traveling on Australia and over to Fiji and all this sort of thing. And it, and the thing is just a disaster. I mean, it's all torn up, and pages are falling out. And and the reason is because I, um, because I used it. I had another Bible that was given to me in uh, confirmation, the NRSV, which I never really used, and it's pristine. So I look at my office now, and the, it's the Bible that I used uh, that's all torn up and wrecked, and the Bible that... Uh, I didn't use because I didn't like it. It stood on the shelf and is preserved very well. So I get suspicious that these early manuscripts are the ones that people weren't using uh, and that we've lost, generally, the manuscripts that were good. So um, so, so no one, I don't think, factors that in when they do this early, late manuscript stuff. Uh, but that's, anyways, a little aside on textual criticism. Uh, but I, I don't think we ha- we even with either way we have a problem because it's true faith is what receives the gift of baptism it's not just being baptized uh, having water uh, uh, poured over you that benefits you it's the faith that trusts the promise of God given in the water uh, that delivers to us the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God so there's no problem there with with the text at all in fact it's it's wonderful uh, it's it's not the problem that uh, you that you have to believe to have the benefits of baptism. The problem is when all these people say that babies can't believe, and so they don't have uh, can't be baptized, and that's just a bunch of uh, anti-scriptural doctrine of men uh, that babies can't have faith. Right. All right. So you do not get two hundred points for that one. Oh yeah. You need to no, read. I should go negative, you, right? I'm negative 100. Oh, good call. Um, you you need to read the uh, the apparatus more, I guess, to to be getting these. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's dig out of the hole with uh, miracles of the apostles for 300, please. Okay, you should get this one. The street on which Ananias is instructed Remember? to go to in order to heal Saul's eyesight. Oh, brother. Oh. Um. You always the setup is always oh you'll get this one no problem. The street, See, if I wouldn't have said that, you'd have been like, oh. I think I remember. Though. Is it the street called Straight? Is that how it goes? What is the street called Straight? That is correct. All right. I was hoping you failed. You were, you were going to fail to uh, put that in the word of a question. Did you notice, by the way, the 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 uh, category is miracles of the apostles and and baptism was was one of those miracles? Oh yeah, nice work. Yeah. The faith of the Ethiopian eunuch. Of course, remember how kind of Philip kind of teleports in and out of there, which is a strange sort of thing, you know? True. Uh, he's The spirit kind of whisks Philip over there and then beams him away. I like, yeah, I, I like that. I don't know where that happens anywhere else in the scriptures. That's a good point. I don't know either. All right, so then uh, here we have, of course, um, Saul <laughs> is... is uh, then after his conversion is, is called Paul, which we have St. Paul. And uh, this is after uh, he has his, um, uh, speaks to Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, and um, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Ananias is instructed by the Lord to, to go and, and really uh, give uh, holy absolution uh, to Paul and, and heals his eyesight. Yeah, and this was a big de- deal because Paul was like Osama bin Laden. I mean, he was a terrorist for the Christians. And they said, what? That that guy and jesus says yeah that guy my favorite part of the whole deal is when jesus says to uh, to saul uh, why do you kick against the goads i don't even know what goads are but <laughs> i like that part 
All right. <laughs> yeah. And the right. scales you... fall from his eyes. He fasts for three days. Scales fall from his eyes. He's baptized. And then he becomes uh, the Apostle Paul. Amazing. And that story, by the way, is repeated, th- what, three times in the book of Acts. It tells the original time. And then and then Paul repeats his testimony there before the kings and before the Jews uh, to explain how Jesus has called him to be an apostle. And this is the other thing that the apostles have, not just miracles, which Paul has, but also a, a call. So so his call is very important because it wasn't the normal call of the apostles, uh, but rather it it was this miraculous call, by, but it was by Jesus. Jesus called him to be an apostle. And Paul has to support that to base his claim, uh, to as the basis of his claim that he's speaking the Lord's word. Uh, really wonderful. And the prophets do that too. Some of the most wonderful part, portions of the prophets are when they recount their call. So Isaiah 6, when he sees the Lord filling, the glory of the Lord filling the temple, or Ezekiel when the chariots are there and all of this, um, or, or Samuel when he's in the temple and the Lord calls him. These are some of the most wonderful uh, portions of the scriptures. All right, you're only uh, at a mere 200 points, but you'll have a chance to get more here. All right. For so uh, miracles of the apostles for four hundred. Okay, this is this is a, a hard one, so um, you probably won't get it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to make it easier for you. Yeah. All right. No expectations. Uh, th- no disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The miracle that occurred with Peter and John between Peter's Pentecost sermon and his second sermon. Um, this is the, uh, when they find the beggar on the street and they're walking into the temple and he says, and he's begging there and, and Peter says, uh, gold and silver we do not have, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. So what was that? <laughs> that is correct. And, uh, th- this is the answer I usually give, uh, when I'm, you know, on the streets and some people are asking for money and say, Oh, gold and silver I do not have. Yeah. But I don't. The healing doesn't work out so well. Yeah, this is confirming the. You know, these miracles are really getting the um, the Pharisees and the ruling people there in Jerusalem a bit worked up, because they say, "Who, you know, how do you have a power to do this stuff?" And they say, "The name of Jesus." So it's in the, in the name of Jesus that all these things are accomplished and and done and worked out. So really, quite wonderful. All right, um, so you have one more. You wanted to hit it now? You have a minute and a half. Let's do the question, and we'll get the answer on the other side. All right. And uh, this is the Daily Double. And you have 600 points. points. All right, they're on the line. I actually meant to do it the last one, but I uh, forgot. So I'm glad glad I forgot because you got that right. Okay, so here's here's the answer, and then we'll get the question on the other side of the break, rather. The young man who fell asleep while sitting on the window seal and is brought back to life. So that's the question or the oh, answer. Man. I guess we have time for it. Do you want to do it now? No, no. Go to the break. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll what should people we'll do, do that. the break? They should look at our website. Oh, man, that great website, Table Talk something or other. Yeah, tabletalkradio.org. Hey, what, yeah. what's the phone number they could call if they want to leave a message for us? 1-800-RADIO-CLOWN. <laughs> no, you want to try again? You just lost one, 600 one points. one 866 Table Talk Radio. Okay, never mind. Go, go, go sit down in the corner for a while. I'll, I'll take care of the rest of the segment. 
is the number. We like to answer your questions on the air. And uh, we've actually turned over a new leaf at Table Talk Radio. We are addressing listener comments and questions at the beginning of every show. So that way it doesn't take uh, six months for us to get to your question. It only takes three months. So so call us 866-851-5523. We'll hit this commercial break. We'll be right back to get the question to the answer. Kencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is my favorite illustration for the fall of man. Hi, this is Evan Gigline. We at Table Talk Radio are concerned with the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of the world. With this includes the expansion of Table Talk Radio. We would like to have Table Talk Radio broadcasted on as many radio stations as possible to proclaim the life and work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all sin. But we need your help. Many radio stations across America allow religious programming in their lineup on a particular day, usually Sunday mornings, providing the programs pay for their airtime. Perhaps a radio station in your area would be willing to play Table Talk Radio, and a local business or church would be willing to help support the costs incurred. If you would like to discuss this possibility in your area, please call our toll-free number 866-851-5523. Leave a message and I will personally return your phone call promptly to discuss this possibility. Thank you for your consideration in expanding Table Talk Radio for the sake of the gospel. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolf Miller is straining to, to, to find the, the question that goes with the answer. And that is for 500 under the miracle of the apostles. The answer is the young man who fell asleep while sitting on the window seal and is then brought back to life. I don't know. I remember this fellow had a Greek name. That's all I remember. So uh, I'm just going to shot in the dark and say, who is Phineas? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You're looking for who is Eutychus. Eutychus. That's what I said, didn't it? For the Eutychus. <laughs> now, who is Eutychus? Now, uh, people Yeesh. probably, you probably see this regularly, you know, you, during your preaching, people are falling asleep, and you have to, there's like a disclaimer when you walk into the Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, <laughs> don't sit near the window because you'll probably fall asleep during the sermon. Right, we have seat belts in the pews so people don't <laughs> fall off. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, th- this is this is the text I hear some pastors use all the time uh, when when people complain that the service is too long. Like, well, hey, look in, in Acts, you know, look how long they went. Uh, yeah, they, and the response from the people is, "Hey, Bob, you're no Apostle Paul. <laughs> we would have stuck around for for that." But uh, it is some sort of comforting though that you know even the great apostle puts people to sleep. Comforting to you. So, so, someone said, uh, <laughs> someone said that you should be rejoiced when people fall asleep in your service because uh, it means you're not terrifying them with the uh, with the law. You're comforting them with the gospel. Because <laughs> no one thinking they're about to die and go to hell is going to f- go to sleep. So. All right. Well, uh, that you buy that you um, 
just lost 600 points, so zero. Uh, so now that we're back oof. on uh, even playing ground, we're going to go back, go into uh, Bible B. Oh, I'm sorry. Which century? What century is next, right? I think so, yeah. Which century? Yeah, everyone's favorite church history game. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves this game. I know. Um, this is part of our ongoing attempt to make church history slightly interesting. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting. Ch- don't get us wrong. Church history is interesting. It's kind of tough, though. we got to get that rast on here, the church history uh, comedian. <laughs> <laughs> That's Professor right. Rast, I should say. <laughs> but until then, you have us with Name That Century. All right, why don't you, All right, you go better first? Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, what does that mean? I give you the uh, the event? Right. Okay, here. Now, this is... I'll, this is I'm doing it a little bit different today. I'm going to give you... I'm going to be so easy on you. Soft. Uh, and the way it works is this. I'm going to give you, for this first one, four events. All of these events happened on the same day but in totally different centuries. And you can pick one of them to guess on. Okay. You see what I mean? No, but go ahead. Uh, all right, so here's the first one. On the sudden death of Emperor Nerva, Trajan took the throne. Later, uh, in fact, 12 years later, he asked Pliny the Younger to investigate a new superstition called Christianity. Pliny's report of a relatively harmless, the widespread cult led to moderate persecution and the first recognition that Christians were distinct from the Jews. That's the first event in the death of Emperor Nerva. Okay. The second is Gregory of Nazianzus, theologian and patriarch of Constantinople, died. The third, Jesuit priest Jose de Anchieta and Manuel da Nobrega established a mission at Sao Paulo de Campos de Piratindindach <laughs> that's really not right which grew to become San Paulo, Brazil so the Jesuits started San Paulo and then the last one is Lucas Cronach the Younger died so those are your four choices you can take which uh, one of them which one you want and then uh, try to guess the century okay um, I'm going to take the Jesuit priest one because I want to hear you pronounce all those names again <laughs> all right <laughs> San Paulo dos Campos de uh, Piratininga. <laughs> no wonder they just call it San Paulo. <laughs> That's easier to say. Started. It was established. The city was established. A mission which became the city was started. Okay, so what century? You got to guess now. I know, I'm thinking. Um, uh. I, I just thought of an idea that we could, you know how. You in, think out in, loud. This is radio. And who wants to be a theologian? Um, we have uh, lifelines. We could do that yeah. for this game too, and what the lifeline could be Google it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the I'm feeling yeah, lucky the- button. So if you get if you you know you got to click the I'm feeling lucky and whatever po- website pops up, that's what you have to work with. Anyway, okay. Go. Are you are you feeling um, lucky? I'm gonna go. I don't know. I'm gonna go with the uh, 18th century. Oh yeah, close. The date was 1554. So not all. So that you close. were only about two hundred and fifty years off. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Fifteen fifty four. The Jesuits, you know, came up after the uh, to get after the Lutherans. That was their purpose. They're kind of the new inquisitors. Um, but then they started a bunch of missions in uh, South America. A ton of them, really. So 
By the way, uh, death of Emperor Nerva was ni- the year 98. Gregory of Nazianzus died in 389. And Lucas, the Cro- Lucas Cronach the Younger, the second, second artist of the Reformation, he died in 1586. So, there you go. Fascinating. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'm ready for mine. You got okay, no points. No, I got uh, no points. Okay, the, uh, the, are these worth 200 points apiece? She, sure. Yeah, um, the theme for my witch century is uh, uh, founders of the de- of, uh, of denominations. Oh, right. Hey, that's a nice idea. Okay, I'm trying to f- pick a date here. Okay, we'll just we'll just do his um, his death. Okay. So the death of Alexander Campbell. Alexander Campbell, the Campbellites. Um, do, do, do. I don't know much about this guy, uh, but I he uh, I think he was a kind of what was he a kind of a second generation radical reform. Oh, reform! Let me think. Campbellites, Campbellites. There's some sort of millennial cult in there. I think I'm going to say 18th century. Uh, close, but no cigar. Um, <clears throat> it was in 1866, the 19th century. Um, but oh, he, yeah. uh, you know, his little break off eventually becomes, um, what's called the disciples of Christ. Um, but he was one of these guys uh, that he, that, uh, he said where the scriptures speak, we speak and where, uh, the scriptures are silent, we are silent. And so he was one of these, um, no creeds type of people. No creed but the Bible. That's right. So they would strip from the church the gift of confessing Christ. That's what I'm starting to really think about that, you know. Jesus says to Peter, this is given to you by my Father. In other words, to make the good confession of his name. And he says, whoever confesses me on earth, I will confess before my Father in heaven. Uh, But these guys say, no, no, no confessing. Keep quiet there. No creed but the Bible. He was also dead set against infant baptism. And so... um which, you know, if you're going to say something like that, isn't that also a confession of faith? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, whatever. Okay, Campbell, well, I don't, the Campbellites, I, don't know I should know. They were a little later. That's kind of the burnover. Did he come from New York with all these other guys, like uh, the, the Mormons and the, uh, and the Jehovah Witnesses and the Seventh-day Adventists? They all came that same kind of time period in the same area in New York. Did the Campbellites come from there, too? I can't remember. I'm not seeing it here, either. Sorry. All right. That's all right. That's all right. why Here's we need to have our special one. guests for this show. I know. Did, uh, Professor Rash you're talking about? Or just yes. anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take what we can get at this point. Ba- basically, anyone is going to do better at this than us. If you know anything right. about Here- church history, 866-851-5523. Here's an, the, all of these, uh, of these three events happened on February the 8th. So I'm going to give you the three events, and then you pick one that you can want to guess. Okay. Uh, first, for the third time since the Council of Nicaea in in 325, Athanasius went into exile. The defender of orthodoxy was out of favor as Arianism, a heresy condemned at the council, ran rampant throughout the empire. He would be exiled twice more before he died. That's five exiles. That's the first one. Second, Robert I of Artois, French crusader, was killed in Egypt during the Seventh Crusade of his brother Louis the Ninth of France. And third, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded uh, at the castle 
in England at uh, Fotheringhay Castle in England. Okay. Fotheringhay. Is that all of them? Yeah, that's all. Okay, read the first one again. I'm going to do that one. For the third time since the Council of Nicaea in 325, Athanasius went into exile. The defender of orthodoxy was out of favor as Arianism, a heresy condemned at the council, ran rampant throughout the empire. He would be exiled twice more before he died. All right, that's got to be the uh, fourth century. You're right, Evan. Right. I, was like, for, I don't think uh, he, the... he lived that long <laughs> to spill over the next century. No, he. let's see. His dates here are 293 to 373, and this date was 356. So that's uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. So 200 points for me, and you're hanging out with zero. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about Arianism. Uh, Arianism taught uh, that that Jesus was the uh, first creation of God. So that Jesus isn't God himself, but he was a creation of God, um, which is basically the position of um, those guys that we have today, the uh, Jehovah's Witness. Um, right. And so this, this you know, sparked a lot of debate and uh, councils in the early church, which is why we have uh, our Nicene Creed, uh, which confesses the faith and the Holy Trinity uh, so wonderfully there. Um, and uh, But no, we, we continue to, to confess as every Sunday from that creed that uh, Jesus is uh, true God and, and true man, um, that he was um, there at creation, uh, active in creation, and then was took on human form um, at his birth. Right. So. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. All of this is directed against the Arians, who said the opposite. Uh, right. So... It, it, but the cr- kind of crazy thing is that Arianism was so popular that that Athanasius was always being sent away from the from the country because of it, you know. So they would there was a ton of Arians around, and it looked like for a while that Arianism was going to win the day. Uh, but the scriptures uh, went out in the end. But this was a this was a precarious time. And we need to take a quick break. We want to finish up this game. Um, right after this break, then we're going to head into Bible B. Um, right. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're ending everyone's favorite church history game, which century, and we're going to head right into Bible B. But I've got one more question for Pastor Wolfman there, to which he will fail right. miserably. Yep. yep. Mm. Everyone's yeah, I, hanging on the edge of their seats to hear me miss this next question. You know, I lost all my points because I gambled them. I took chance. I took the chances in the market with that double, with the what's it called, the double Jeopardy the, uh, thing. Yeah, I don't know. I got distracted because my phone was ringing. <laughs> so I put all my points on the line there, and then poof, gone. Like a oil speculator. It bought bad loans. Now I got nothing to show for all my t- my Jeopardy efforts. So here we go. I'm ready now to try to miss another question. Church history, which century? Okay, and here it is. Um, 
the century in which uh, Amy Simple McPherson was kidnapped, supposedly. What? Do you know who that no. is? No. Oh, really? Amy Simple McPherson was kidnapped. I I don't know that. Should I? Is that common knowledge? Yes. Is that church Every, history? Everybody knows that. Oh. I don't know. Uh, the twentieth century. Dang it! Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what? Uh, yeah, people didn't get kidnapped till like fifty years ago. <laughs> You're actually correct. It was in uh, oh, 1926. Yeah. But uh, it's thought that she, she faked it for some reason. But in any case, uh, Amy Simone McPherson is, is uh, the the person that, that started, well, eventually what, it, what, what would become the Foursquare Gospel Church. Really? So wow. you don't know anything about this person, huh? Uh, nothing. Do you? What is the Foursquare Gospel? You have um, healing, uh, baptism... Uh, I can't remember the fours things. Uh, well, I don't really? know. Uh, it, in this little book that I'm holding, it, it lists her. Um, well, I'll just read it. Which, yeah, okay. While she continued to preach the four square gospel, Jesus as the only Savior, the great physician, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and the coming bridegroom. So evidently, that was, according to her preaching originally, was the. The four square gospel. Okay, no, so that's right. So baptism, the spirit baptism, healing, um, coming bridegroom, and uh, what was the other one? Coming bridegroom. Um, Jesus is the only Savior. Did you see that one? So Savior, uh, nope. healer, baptizer, and coming bridegroom. Okay, got it. Yeah, the cross, the dove, the chalice-looking thing, and uh, the crown. All right, well, they never found out whether or not she was really kidnapped. Huh, how old was she? Why are you asking me all these questions? <laughs> <laughs> I just never even heard of this stuff. All right, let's okay. move on. Well, Wait, it was in, it was in 19, gonna... 1926, and she was born in 1890, so she was about 30 or a little more. Huh, that's weird. All right. All right, well, well good. Well, so I got some points there. We were all tied up at 200, I think. The, oh, by the way... Um, I, I got that out of the book entitled 131 Christians Everybody Should Know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. In order to be a radio host. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bible B. Yeah. We got to move fast, I think, for Bible B, right? Yeah. Seven minutes. We're back to our uh, we're back to our theme, Miracles of the Bible, I believe. Oh, yeah. We kind of departed uh, that for which century? That's tough. To, but... Uh, uh, I'm ready. You want to go first? Sure. We, the way this works, we have one verse, then we have five words, then we have one word. you got to guess the book that it's from. Extra points for guessing the chapter. Uh, here's the first one for you. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Okay, um, I know this is from the Gospels. I'm trying to think which one. I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm 90% sure this is from the Gospel of John. Yes, you are right. Okay, so this you is... take a stab at the chapter? Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm going to guess chapter 8. Close, 9. Ugh. Okay, so this is where um, Jesus has healed the blind man. 
and uh, and then he's uh, being questioned by I don't know the Pharisees at the, at the uh, at the uh, temple or the synagogue. I don't know. Yep. Yep. That's right. How am I doing? Yeah. Good. Okay. And the interesting thing about this passage is is, is his the blind man's own parents um, more or less deny the what happened, what what Jesus did. They say, um, you know, is this your son? Was he born blind? Yeah. Well, what happened? And they're like, well, he's a age ass kid. Yeah, the the parents don't want to be dragged into this brouhaha because the Pharisees are getting after Jesus, and here this blind man can see. That's not good for their for their anti Jesus shtick. So they they got to go after him, and they go to this blind man, and they say, "Who is he?" And he says, "Why do you keep asking me? Do you want to be his followers?" This blind man, I think, had a bit of a wit, uh, and he says, "Look, all I know is this: I was blind, and now I see." Uh, and and he says, you guys are, are Pharisees and rulers of the people, and you don't know this guy who can make a man, blind man see? Maybe you should look into this. <laughs> uh, and then the blind man is excommunicated from the synagogue. Who are you to lecture us? We are not born blind because we're not sinners because the Pharisees thought that any imperfection of body or disease or something was a result directly of your own sin or of your parents' sin. So they they excommunicate him from the, from the synagogue there, and... Uh, and send him on his way, and Jesus finds him and and says, "Do you believe?" And and the man says, "Who is he?" And he says, I, "Me." And Jesus and he says, "Yes, I believe." It's great. So you have this contrast between the blind man who has faith in Christ and the, and these guys who can see who are really blinded by their unbelief. Uh, it's a beautiful text. Yeah. And two hundred points for you, Evan. All right, brings me to four hundred, and yours is, um, and you shall not go up. By steps to my altar, so that your nakedness will not be exposed on it. What? And you shall not right, so go th- up by steps to my altar, so that your nakedness will not be exposed on it. So, so you're reading there from the what every seminarian should know about the first time he conducts a service <laughs> uh, handbook. But it's quoting a scripture text. It's a Levitical rule. It says, look, there can't be steps for the altar because uh, you don't want people looking up uh, your clothes. So uh, I, it's got to be at the beginning when the Lord is giving instructions on how to build the temple. And so that's going to put it right in well, Exodus or Leviticus. I'm going to say uh, Leviticus. That is incorrect. Uh, I'll, I'll read the, con- the context in which this verse fits. And then the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen that I have spoken to you from heaven, and you shall not make other gods besides me, gods of silver or gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves. You shall not make an altar for me, and your sacrifice beyond burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep or your oxen, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered. You know that language there, where I cause my name to be remembered? It occurs maybe once or twice in Exodus, but all over the place in Deuteronomy. Um, so this so, is now I'm narrowing it down to Exodus. I thought it was going to be Exodus, but maybe I'm going to change my second guess to Deuteronomy. Is that right, or did you throw me off? Yeah, this is Exodus. Exodus, okay. okay. Where I cause my name to be remembered. Boy, that's a huge theme in Deuteronomy. You see it in Exodus. It pops up a few times. Uh, but all, like I said, anyway, keep going. No, that's right. I was just going to say, we need to scurry along here a little bit, but um, okay. this, is, this is right after the giving of the Ten Commandments, and, and Moses comes down and see the uh, Israelites uh, worshiping a golden calf. Yeah, which All is right. a bad idea. Your turn. 
Okay, uh, here it's supposed to be five words, but I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. I'll return the favor. All right. False prophets will arise and perform great signs. I think these False are the... False prophets the, will arise and perform great signs. I think this is the words of Jesus. Um, but I'm trying to think, again, which gospel. I'm I'm going to say that you are trying to trick me and go to the same gospel twice in a row. So I'm going to say this is the gospel of John. No. Matthew. Matthew 24, verse 24. Oh, that's right. The Here, big kind of end times text. The big end times text. That's right. His eschatological discourse. Uh, or... or uh, uh, like you said, in times talk, <laughs> uh, which is the same thing, really. Uh, and here's something, that when the end times come, there will be false Christs and false prophets who will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, even if possible, the elect. So that here's talking about miracles. That's we're kind of working on this theme here. And Jesus says at the end of the world, there'll be uh, false prophets and false Christs performing miracles. Uh, so we're not to follow after miracles, but but rather follow after the Lord's word of forgiveness. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, this is the last one. Okay. And uh, if you get it, this will, this game will end in a tie. So it all comes down to this. All right. And Pressure's I'm gonna, on. I'm going to give you seven words, and the words are... the. <laughs> this is hard. The breath of the spirit of life. What? How much time do I have? Uh... You have to give an answer right now. <laughs> the breath of the spirit of life, that's from Ezekiel. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Oh. Um, I'll read the whole verse and see if you get it. Um, of all that was on the dry land and in whose nostrils was the breath of life of the spirit died. Oh, yeah. Genesis chapter, what, six or seven for the seven. flood? Of yep, the- that's the one. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't you did not make the last one you needed to tie up the game. So, uh, I am the champion of today's table talk radio. Thank you all. I'll be signing autographs uh, all week, <laughs> and uh, you can check us out on the website tabletalkradio.org. Click the forum button and chat with us about this show. I'll see you there. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.